Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yes, yes. How's it going? Pete Donaldson with you on the Luke and Pete show. And there's no Luke today, so I'm going to just do the show by myself. Only joking, he's over here. Uh, the only podcast that I know of that officially endorses Bernie Slavin for the United States <laughs> president. <laughs> Who me, Luke? Who me? Aye, you. Aye. How you doing, Peter? I'm all right. Bernie Slavin used to be on Comcast, which was our version of cable television in the Northeast for a little while. Uh, and he used to be on Borough TV. Oh, yeah. uh, which was just constant reruns of their <laughs> Bob Mortimer helmed, um, and but it was Bob Mortimer and oh, who sang "Let's Dance"? David no, Bowie. No, no, <laughs> it was not Bob Mortimer and David. Amazing Bowie. that is. That sounds brilliant. Uh, who sang "Drive"? Chris Rea. It was Chris Rea and uh, Bob Mortimer doing the FA Cup song for Middlesbrough Football Club, and yes. they um, and they would just constantly play that over and over again on Borough TV, interspersed with um, a show called Bernie Slave and Soccer Skills or something, uh, where he would just teach children how to um, play football, and he would victimise fat children. Right, <laughs> go on, fat, are you getting goal? <laughs> As was the uh, customer at was the time. The customer what the year we're talking about? What era? Ninety five, I'd say. No, no, sort of. Yeah, he was kind of like he famously, I think if. Borough got the FA Cup final. He said he would um, bear his buttocks in, I think, Fenix in Middlesbrough, right, uh, in the in the front window, and he and he he showed his bum in... to the joy of absolutely no one, including no, himself. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> he did it. Most nobody people probably wouldn't it. have even been able to tell he was. No. It was very okay. early in the morning. Yeah, I yeah. remember them. I remember them being pretty good buttocks. So he was a professional footballer. So you'd you'd hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, if you're running through professions mm. that generate the best buttocks, yeah, you're probably thinking. Professional athlete, right at the top of the list. Professional dancer, it's going to be right up there. Yeah, but it depends on what you want in a bum. What do you want in a bum? Big old bum. What do you want? Just a just a big in a lady. Oh, oh just generally, just, don't make well, it misogynistic. Well, it's def- different things, aren't it? Yeah. If you're a man, you want a, a muscular, taut bum. Yeah. But I remember talking to my hairdresser, and she said, um, "Oh, I was I was getting a massage or something, and my bum kept wobbling," and she was like. Oh, it was horrible. I really want a taut bum. I was going, did people really want taut, muscular bums as a woman? I thought you were going to say she said, she said um, yeah, your, your head was really like a bum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting hair Big on your head bum. here, and I feel like I'm cutting hair on a bum. But I was just very, very surprised that, that um, people would want, uh, that, that women would want taut bums. <laughs> it just, just seems a bit weird. I know what you mean. As we've discussed before... Your back just and then bum just go straight down. Oh, I find bums endlessly fascinating because I don't have one. Yeah, it's weird. 
You always, listen, you don't know what you got till it's gone, do you? My back just goes, it's leg time. And with very little, uh, it's no messing about, straight into the legs. Back, 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 Leg, leg, leg. Tiny little anus, legs. Oh. But you've got to have an anus. You... <laughs> well, you literally can't get away with not having an anus. Well, there's the, there's the title for the show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. There's the title um, for the show. A woman has called her husband mad after he spent over £650 on a food shop in preparation for a no-deal Brexit. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Because, to be honest, a lot of the stuff that he bought, yeah, I, I looked at that and I went, yeah, it's a bit of a new story, but I just think that he's just being sensible while possibly being drunk. <laughs> My favourite bit about the entire shopping list, for people who haven't seen the story, he's gone out, he's got, he had a few beers, we've all done it, and he's like, I've got to go to the shops, mm. and he's got carried away. Yeah. He's been drinking, so mm. presumably he's not driving home. So he's got to carry six hundred and fifty pounds of his shopping home, presumably a taxi. No, he was he ordered it online. I oh, he ordered it online. Fine, fair enough. Mm. But the best thing is when they, I mean, clearly the, the people involved in this have, have agreed to the news story being published, mm. and they've agreed with the itemization yeah. of the of the bill. Mm. So, like, obviously, you got in there, you've got like you know six cans of cream of chicken soup and ten ten tins of new potatoes in water. Yeah. You know, the best thing about the whole thing, um, it, it just says Magna's apple cider, 10 times 440 milliliter can, right? In pencil, he's written in pencil for cooking. For cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. For cooking those right. new potatoes. I don't want anyone to think I love drinking too much, but the story's already I've been drunk and done this. I'm just going to write it for cooking in there. You might as well put it for medicinal purposes. <laughs> <laughs> got to do something after the apocalypse, haven't you? you got to do something after the apocalypse. There's that great story as well of that um, woman who um, had, a, had plastic wrap all over her um, cabinet and she thought it was, she thought her cabinet was green. When she wanted like a grey blue, right? Uh, and when it came, yeah, it was like a gr- like it was like a green. And she's like, "Oh, that's annoying. That's always annoyed me about those things. It didn't come the same colour yeah. that I wanted." She uh, complained. She didn't, did she? The- she didn't complain. No, All right. But she realised, uh, like a year in or something, that um, she just hadn't pulled the plastic wrap off the front. Ah, you know when things are manufactured, they yes, put plastic wrap to pr- usually protect to protect LED screens and stuff. If I ever see anyone, anyone's desk, anyone's home. Where they've left the plastic wrap. Take it off. It's akin to buying a sofa and leave it in plastic. I, it boils my piss. Something chronic. I, I because I guess probably because my my experience of the US ahead of meeting my wife was essentially through movies and TV shows. Mm. I thought that it was quite prevalent that people it left plastic that. on sofa in the yeah. US. But I, I've never, I have to say, I've never once experienced it in no. my life. It, I, I guess, is it just? It's just to keep it. Um, you buy a sofa and you're really proud of it, so you want to keep it clean. But why would you sit yeah. on this? Well, I think I think it's also because you know people don't have an awful lot of money sometimes, and they and they want to um, protect it for as long as possible. But then you're not really you you're having to yeah, sit, still on plastic. sit on plastic. Yeah, but yeah, you're not. But it's enjoying, quite a thin plastic. You're not enjoying the the the, the full no luxury of your sofa there. No, no. Yeah, um, do you ever cut? Do you ever cover your suitcase in plastic? No, you people see, do that, don't they? I, you see, uh, it, it's ma- you can't go to an airport in Africa without having three or four of those machines. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. I could um, live for a thousand lifetimes and never thought of that idea. Well, it's, it's just, a weird niche sort of thing, isn't it? It would. It's. I think it's just to keep it together. So it, I think they just assume that people um, just throw. I guess they do just throw kind of um, uh, packages and, and suitcases around. But I just never understood. I, 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 again, I just I, I've seen it more in Africa than anywhere else. But I just like. 
if people want to get in to have a look, it just makes it harder, and they're just going to be angrier, and they're just going to fuck about with your stuff more. Yeah. They're just going to turn your suitcase I'd, I'd upside say, down. Like, one in three times I come back from the US, I've got I open my suitcase, I've got a little piece of paper in there saying this then, has been searched. I've had a peek. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a very egregious uh, way to treat the environment as well. I mean, you're already doing long haul plane travel, which is terrible for the environment. Right. You're probably eating a beef burger before you go. Again, terrible for the environment. And just for the sake of it, you're wrapping your suitcase in plastic. <laughs> terrible. How, what would you stockpile if you had to tomorrow? Um, I have been eating a lot of cup of soups recently. Oh, God. To, uh, you don't to even really need to do that. You're to, a man to, of means. To, um, to continue my journey down, uh, Pete is a disgusting pig. Pete Donaldson cleans his oven. Very proud of it. Still eating cup of soups. It, there's like these little... Um, you do the cup of soup in the oven. They're like noodles. They're like noodles. Um, I, I roasted some pie nuts on top of my oven yesterday, by the way. Well done. Uh, and and just ate them joylessly. Well, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just ate them joylessly. You? Yeah, just roasted them and then ate them. Ate They're them so much tastier when you when you roast them off. Isn't that weird? Yeah, isn't that weird? Releases the oils, I think. Yeah, um, I, I think some. I think nuts aren't as good for you as they, as people say. <laughs> They're very power packed with. Protein and power and you're not like qualified to say that. I just don't. I just think they're they're they very high calorific content for what they taste like. Well, regular listeners will know that your Sunday night tradition of a Chinese a succulent Chinese meal, a succulent Chinese meal is uh, is still there. But so during the week you're you're knocking through the cup of soups, are you? Cup of soups, two hundred and fifty calories per per pot. Fill you up, though, does it? It does the noodles because there's so there's noodles in them now. Yeah. So you get like, a little pot of noodles and you mix them in and they're sweet and sour flavored. And I heartily recommend them. Mm. Three of them a day. You sorted. Depressing, isn't it? Is have it? you seen, um, have you been watching Derry Girls? I've not been watching Derry Girls, but a lot of Irish people uh, on my Facebook timeline are very, very sort of um, into it. I think, it's, I think it's excellent. I think it's excellent. For those who haven't seen it, it's almost like a, uh, like the in-betweeners, but the protagonists are women, or girls, mm. school girls really, and um, set in the 90s in the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Mm. They're obviously Catholic and... It's yeah. It's, it, they live in Derry. It's really interesting. It's funny. Very was, well. Very I, well written. I, I find any. I was sort of. Um, I went to see the film. Is it Slackers or, um, might be Slack. I can't remember, but it had John Cena in it. I remember that. I was interviewing him for some reason. Uh, and basically, it's it was basically the in between is like a coming of age drama um, slash uh, um, comedy uh, film about three girls. N- navigating through um, a world, you know, based around sex and losing your virginity and stuff like that. Mm. The usual kind of coming of age kind of stuff you get with um, told from a male perspective. Women's perspective, way more interesting. Way yeah. more interesting. I'd much rather see a program about that. Yeah. It's just, fewer fart jokes, fewer, you know. It's, well, it's which, way more way more textured. If you're interested in that kind of stuff and women and girls growing up. Listen to Berkhamstead Revisited, Pete. Okay, then An I will. Excellent podcast from the Radio Stakhanov stable mm. featuring Laura Gallup and Laura Kirk. Um, before we get away from the TV thing, I really wanted to go back to the conversation we had about Afterlife, the right. Ricky Gervais show, just just briefly, mm. because... I've seen them all now. Great, okay. So, um, it's really split the... It's really split... Opinions have been really split and and and... Obviously, I really liked it. You said you weren't that bothered. And in the office, I mean, the general consensus is that people didn't really like it, with the exception of Sam, I think, who thought it was all right. So I did a poll on Twitter mm. among Luke and Pete show listeners. And at the time of, of me saying this, we've had, um, let me just double check, we've had 455 votes. So a decent amount. Mm. And I said, if you've seen Ricky Gervais Afterlife, which word would you best use to describe it? Great, good, average, or terrible? 72% of people rated it great or good. 19% average and only 9% said it was terrible. Mm. So yeah, generally, it's, it's, it's people seem to like it. What, what did you think of it 
And now you've seen it all. Um, Predictable, I'm, quite heavy-handed, but was there enough to enjoy there for heavy-handed, you? Heavy-handed, I enjoyed it. I, look, I will um, weep openly at... Um, I, I have, on occasion, on a heavy hangover, uh, weeped about... Your own behaviour? The, <laughs> <laughs> the idea of an MOT. What? The idea of a car going into a into an MOT and never coming out again. I find that chilling. I find that I find that so sad. Do you know what? I didn't think this you were going to say that. Why, why do you think that is? Well, it's it's the, for the same reasons why the crossrail um, drills and the you know channel tunnel sure. drills that are drilling their own coffins effectively because you can't get them out there. You, they, they stayed in there. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, rich oligarchs who were building underground swimming pools and, and digging out um, digging out uh, um, what do you call them basements and stuff. Yeah. They will get a cheap digger in and they'll just sort of board it. They'll just put it into a wall. They'll just keep it under there so that the digger will never escape. Stuff like that. Things that go in and never come out. It's and and so so I am I am more than happy to um say that something is uh, emotionally uh you know moving, heart, uh, moving or heart pulling. Yeah. But um tendril my heart tendrils are being pulled dallied but with. you didn't find that with Ricky Gervais's latest I did no I did find it but okay. I just don't think I think it was uh, I don't think it was very well earned I thought the whole uh, relationship he had with his wife she was used as a prop effectively you know there's a lot of um, discussion in video games actually like women used as props um, you know Mario going to save the the, the, the princess yeah um, that's always thing or, or, a, or a man who is wronged because someone's done something to his wife that's basically what's happened there. Even though you do see her a little bit, she's just used as a prop, basically. This is why I'm sad. And the transformation between being a cunt and being nice um, is so quick and jarring for me. Quite obvious. It, yeah. Well, it's it's. I won't even say it's obvious. I mean, it was, it was always going to happen. I and mean, the inevitability of something, I can still enjoy that. You always know, you know, Jim and Pam are going to get get together in the office. Tim and Don Spoiler. are going to get Spoiler. together. Spoiler! Spoiler! <laughs> for goodness sake, the Office UK only came out in 2001. <laughs> But it is. But it was just it, too it, soon. It, it was just very basic and uh, needlessly uh, maudlin. I just don't think it. It. I don't think it deserved its. Um, it, it didn't deserve the tea. It deserved its tears effect. Or earn it them. didn't earn them. Okay, um, no, fair enough. I understand that. Anyway, it's interesting that, that, that um, people who, who listen to the show seem to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Which you know doesn't necessarily say that I'm right and you're wrong, but it's a very good strong indicator. I've said uh, <laughs> just me kidding. and you have uh, on more than one occasion disagreed on you know uh, the difference between on everything. Peep Shaw and um, I liked Peep Shaw, um, and I didn't really care that much for the in betweeners. Yeah, you really liked the in betweeners, and you said it was better than Peep well, Shaw. So. We have differing opinions, and that's what comedy. That's exactly. what makes comedy good, isn't it? Exactly, but and, and my it's, it's curious. My thing with Peep Show because the in betweeners, I don't particularly like what I've seen, and this is unfair because I don't know them. But I don't particularly like the actors as they're in terms because these days you have to you have some sort of contact, don't you, with what the actors are actually like because mm. of Twitter and because they appear on TV shows and all the rest of it. And I don't particularly care for for, for, for them. I'd, I'd say the same about the Peep Show character. Well, this is the thing. But for some reason, I can see past that and really enjoy the in-betweeners, mm. even though they are arguably worse actors than David Mitchell and Robert Webb. But I find both David Mitchell and Robert Webb utterly, irredeemably insufferable to the point where I can't watch them in something. It's just, to me, it's I, I can't make the leap. I don't think... Um, it's I just, I just I just don't enjoy it because I cut that because I'm looking at them and I don't like them. Yeah, I know I mean, that's unfair, I, and I know I shouldn't judge people like that because I, it's annoying to me when I'm judged like that when people who don't know me. But it's it's a fact. There's a reason why I guess um, um, it's harder with comedy actors, isn't it? Because you kind of have to be on all the time. I would, I would, when I was interviewing uh, Coogan, he sort of said um, he feels comfortable not being 
funny all the time and yeah. fucking don't you know when you're interviewing him. Right, um, okay, yeah, yeah, But yeah. And he sort of said people who, can't, who can never be off, um, I think, have met genuine mental difficulties. He sort of said um, Robin Williams is probably one of those people who, yeah. who could never switch off, could yeah. never be turned off. Jim Carrey, I would sort of put in the same bracket as well. Yeah, people yeah, who can yeah. never switch yeah. off. People who always have to be funny. Uh, but I, but like, I, but I would think that, sorry to cut in, but the difference between those is that I would, and it's not in my opinion, but I would say Robin Williams and Jim Carrey and Steve Coogan, they're all geniuses. Mm. It's a completely different set of rules for them. But they're, but they're, you're not a genius because you, you act out someone else's written comedy and go on panel shows five times a week. That's different. Yeah, but Coogan does act out other people's comedy, though, doesn't he? Like, and and so well, does and so does Jim Carrey, and so did uh, Robbie Williams. They they're all they're all actors first and comedians second. I would say. No, they started off as comedians. Didn't yeah, they? but like I would say in. Do, what, do you not think there's do? a difference? Do you not think there's a difference in standard ability of those three you've mentioned and this this panel show circuit that that people? Yeah, like? but that, that that's that's an environment, though, isn't it? You got you got to work. You yeah. you think of most actors, um, even like I, I think I remember Tim Key, um, probably telling off the record somebody, he'd won the Pre Perrier. He was on a couple of TV shows and stuff, and like yeah. and like. He still has to act in all of these things. He still has to make cameo appearances in every different TV show because, like, not making enough you, money. You just, you just don't. Yeah. Actors, actors, if they have two jobs, if they're in two series a year, and even if, and well, they're not laughing. Like, it's maybe ten grand. You know what I mean? So it's not a lot of money. So you kind of keep, kind of have to keep your hand in. There is, there's a reason why. Who's the woman who plays um, the, the the queen? Who's um, who used to be in Peep Show and obviously oh, um, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why she was. In every advert going and every TV show going, she was in the office. Yeah. She was in like everything back yeah. in the day because you have to work, you have to yeah. graft because otherwise you don't eat. Oh, you know, I do. I do think there's an element of um, yeah, you can't be too picky with your roles if you if you're trying to keep the wolf from the door and keep the lights on. Especially if you're you're a UK concern. If you're a, if you're a, if you're an, an American, and you're like you, and you are like Jim Carrey, and they like if you do a couple of projects, you can make a hell of a lot of money. Um, just, just, just with one project, but you, you can't be picky when you're on such a small island. Sure, thing. but I, I mean, I just, I, I guess I'm just, I just, I just find it almost impossibly lazy just to see the same faces on panel shows over and over again. I just think it's too many of them. It's too boring. It's lazy. All the rest of it. I, I just don't <clears> like it. And, yeah, and it's too much comedy. Too much of everything, isn't it? Too, too many podcasts. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you looking? <laughs> why have you got a web page up on your uh, laptop about pigeons? Um, I've just been, I'm just, I, I don't know, I've got to a certain age, I just keep on seeing pigeons with, um, with no feet. Yeah, do you know what that is? I know, I know, I think I know what that well, is. Well, there's three or four pieces of speculation. Should I give no, you my there's... theory? All right. It's because the, um, it's because pigeon shit mm. is quite acidic mm. and they spend a lot of time standing around their own shit and it deforms their feet. Mm. Is that true? Apparently, that that is one uh, that is done one of the one, theories. That's okay. one of the theories. Another you know, theories is a lot of them just have um uh, just have um uh, lice uh, in, infections and stuff that that, right. that ends up they they lose their feet. Um, three pesticides that people put out to um to dissolve pigeon shit and get rid of pigeons uh could do a number on them as well. Uh, and also they uh, and also a lot of them just have twine and bits of wire and bits of um uh you know just bits of plastic wrapped around their feet. Uh, they do get Mate. caught like that. It ain't easy being a pigeon. I just say it. It isn't. I think we should start a company that three D prints pigeon feet. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Three D printed pigeon feet. I think, Are you ready for our feet? Pigeon Falcon Square still got a hawk that goes around. Oh, I don't know. I, I think they, I think he's <laughs> losing a the battle there, isn't he? No, there's hardly <laughs> any pigeons in Trafalgar Square. Now really? Because there's a hawk or two hawks that ah. circle. 
Like um, they just keeps them away. Do that at um, they do that at tips, don't they? Or do that at airports near tips. Right. Okay. So Makes sense. They, so yeah. that the seagulls don't get caught in the old uh, bird strike. Bird strike. Makes sense. Um, speaking, bird strike. Oh, right listen, engine. Speaking of, I'm um, taking it down to Hudson. Yeah. You. Uh, what's his name? Sullivan. Sullivan. Sully. Yeah. Sully. Um, we, you've mentioned aircraft and air travel there. We're going to take a break. Ooh. After that, I've got an email because uh, one of our pilots has been back in touch and it's very exciting. Oh, the humanity. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So basically, um, what I was thinking of was, um, oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. I can't believe. I can't you've done believe this. you've done this. Go on. Um, I know there's some people out there who listen to our show. I mean, actually, having said that, can there really be people out there still listening who don't like air travel <laughs> because <laughs> they would have turned off a long time ago? <laughs> but pilot Gav's back up in here. PG, bring us some knowledge. Some PG tips. Because recently we've talked a lot about. Yeah, we've talked a lot about. Um, that should be a section. PG tips. PG tips and pilot Gav. We've um, we've talked a lot about different speculation around air travel, mm. and um, it's helpful, I think, for one of our pilots to get in touch every so often to put these kind of things to bed. Okay, you talked about a little road, little beds can't fly, but bed knobs and broomsticks, incorrect, not yeah. a airworthy not, vehicle, not cannon. <laughs> um, you talked about a little propeller that comes down in a state of emergencies. Yeah. I talked about whether a modern pilot can still pop, pilot a Spitfire. Mm. Uh, and, and Pilot Gav uh, has got in touch, so I'll let him take up the story. He okay. says, Hi guys, um, here's some simple and short answers to Luke's questions, Luke and Pete's questions over the previous couple of shows. Number one, system loss on a jet. Albeit extremely unlikely, if the electric and hydraulic systems are lost, most likely as a result of both or all engines losing power, then there is the final option of a ram air turbine being deployed. Pete was correct a couple of episodes ago, saying that a small wind turbine device can be dropped from beneath the plane. 
And assuming you are going fast enough, usually somewhere over 120 miles an hour, the rat, as it's known, will spin enough to provide AC power. This would in turn be used to power enough systems to show basic stuff such as airspeed, altitude, and also power hydraulic systems to move the various flight controls like the rudder and allow us to turn, extend the flaps on the wings, allowing us to slow down enough to land, etc., etc. If engines are lost, you are effectively a massive glider. From 40,000 feet, you can usually get a bit more than 100 statute miles, which is 160 kilometers. The rack cannot keep you in the air. Mm. The landing gear can still be deployed. There are non-electrical systems allowing us to drop the gear simply through gravity anyway. With the rat only working above a certain speed, it will usually stop working at some point during landing. Not ideal, but it has at least got to that far. Uh, it's got you that far. Um, and on the second question, can any pilot fly a Spitfire? Essentially, yes. Depends how desperate you are. To fly any aircraft, you need a license, but to fly different engine types, piston, turboprop, or turbojet, you need additional qualifications. Hmm. Boeing 737s, Airbus 380, Lancaster Bomber, you need further endorsements on your license to fly specific types. And, and these usually need to be kept current, achieved basically by flying aircraft regularly. Mm. However, almost every single aeroplane will have some form of instrument showing altitude, airspeed, vertical speed, and some other critical engine parameters, such as temperature and pressure. So let's, set a hypoth- let's say hypothetically there was a zombie apocalypse, and the only way to get off an island to escape a savage zombie-related death was to hop in a Spitfire, I'd say any qualified pilot of any aircraft would have the know-how to give it a good go. Uh, maybe he or she could even make it cooler by taking a few Zombo's heads off with the propeller in the process. <laughs> or the rat, a smaller zomb- a baby zombie. Exactly. exactly. Or a dog zombie. Use the rat. Use the Use rat. The rat. Um, so yeah, I hope that clears it up. He says, uh, welcome Pilot Dave, you can be my wingman anytime. Pilot Gav. Lovely. Um, I think that um, the, I find, the thing that I find fascinating about um, planes is, I think they call it um, turning on from dark. Right. So when you get on, when the pilot gets on the plane, everything's switched off. Imagine being on a plane where, like, we've never been on a plane where everything's switched off. Fire it up. I don't know what you do. Do you get a little key that you open the little door with and you go in and go hello? Haven't you you been on the plane where you sort of sat on the runway waiting for a stand and everything's been turned off? No, but not everything's been turned off. I mean, like, as in every instrument in the cockpit and everything's been. It's a dormant aircraft. It's a dormant aircraft. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's weird. Very strange. Like just going, I'm going to turn this on, and we're going to get this whirly bird into the skies. Whirly bird. I find this. Uh, I find that idea incredibly uh, interesting. I'm going to do loop to loop. What emails have you got picked on? Um, well, I've got an email I was going to read out last week, but I didn't have time. Hello to. Oh, I've lost a name. Don't matter. Eric Van Bogard. Van Den Bogard. Don't forget that name. It's fantastic. Eric Van Den Bogard. Fantastic, isn't it? The people who listen to this show, their names sometimes are absolutely brilliant. It I've, really is. I've encountered so many great new names mm. just doing this. Um, hope you're well. I was just listening to your show while killing time, waiting for the bus to take me from uh, uh, Okahone oh, oh, <laughs> to uh, Wellington. Oh, it's called Oakuni. Oakuni. Oh, well, he spell it Okahone. It's Oakuni. It's a, it's a ski resort, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, he, sp- he spelled O K A H U N E. Maybe it's somewhere different. Okahone. Sounds a bit Japanese. Uh, mildly interesting. I'm, D- I'm Dutch and in, in, and in New Zealand, which touches on two elements of your Mencarta item about Dutch resistance icon, uh, Freddie Overstegen. Uh, apparently, uh, Luke read about her um, recent devi- uh, demise in the uh, New Zealand Herald. Uh, I just wanted to point you in the direction of the actual girl with red hair, Freddie's friend, Hanny Shaft. She uh, sadly did not live to see the end of the war. She was ratted out to the Nazis by a former colleague and subsequently executed only three weeks uh, before the war ended in the Netherlands. Oh. Her heartbreaking life story was captured in a book and a film, uh, both of which are known by most uh, Dutch people. Uh, I don't expect you to feature uh, that bit in the, in the show. Uh, the, uh, the the film isn't that good. 
But um, if you want to delve even deeper, the uh, full movie with English subtitles is available on YouTube. Uh, but reading about uh, uh, Shaft, Miss Shaft, um, the story of her actually uh, her dying was uh, fascinating. She was eventually um, arrested at a military checkpoint in Harlem in uh, 21st of March uh, 1945 whilst uh, distributing uh, the illegal communist newspaper, the, Va- the Vahid. These are the guys, these are the women who were seducing Nazi soldiers, mm. taking them into a forest and killing them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. After much interrogation, torture, and solitary confinement, Shaft was uh, identified by the roots of her red hair by her former colleague, Anna uh, Weinhoff. Ah. Huh. So they waited until her hair grew out to sort of go, aha! Red it hair. is you. It is you, Your red distinctive hair. red hair. You was... are the only red-haired person in the whole of Netherlands. Yeah. So it was... must be you. She was assassinated by Dutch Nazi officials uh, on April 17th, 1945. Although at the end of the war, there was an agreement between the occupier and the Dutch resistance to stop execution. She was shot dead three weeks before the end of the war in the dunes of uh, Blondal. Gutting. Gutting. Uh, two men took her there and one shot her at close win at range, only wounding her. She supposedly said to executioners, I shoot better than you, after which the final shot was administered. She was reburied in a wow. state funeral uh, on November the 27th of that year. What a terrible... Um, that's incredibly unlucky, isn't it? Yeah. To go it, that far. It kind of reminds me of uh, what happened to the great I, war poet Wilfred Owen. Have you heard that story? No. Very briefly. Um, he was killed... Um, in November 1918, a week before the signing of the armistice, which mm. ended the war, and um, obviously it was you know, dreadfully unlucky anyway. Um, but his mother received the telegram on Armistice Day, right? So when everyone was celebrating in the streets, she, she right. received a telegram that her son had been killed. Jeez, so bad, isn't it? It's really, really tragic. That is, that is bittersweet. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, well, I've got. I was going to say actually, this just reminded me. You now I was talking about that book in the Garden of Beasts, mm. which is about. 1930s Berlin sort of, sort of related I suppose uh, the book I'm reading at the moment is called Empire of the Summer Moon it was recommended to me by Mr. James Horncastle mm. of On the Continent and other works I've seen that book somewhere it's by S.C. Gwynn it's about the rise and fall of the Comanche tribe in the American Southwest oh, of the 19th yes. century yes, yes, yes. my goodness me it is absolutely amazing it's amazing it's mm. an incredible story uh, I would very harshly recommend it. I'm only about halfway through, so I can't give people a full pricey. But if you're interested in Native American history or um, it's just American history, the Wild West, all that kind of stuff, um, it's it's well worth a read. The, the Comanche people, who are a, a sort of obviously a tribe of Native Americans, of which there were several, they at one point they controlled a an area called Com- Comancheria, obviously mm. for obvious reasons which no one would venture into for fear of basically instant death because they were the best horse-mounted light cavalry in the world, basically. Mm. They were so ruthless and so efficient. And it was something like 240,000 square miles. In the book, he argues that it's actually one of the most impressive empires mm. and it should be ranked alongside the Mongols mm. you know, for, for, for how, how, good, how just efficient they were and how, mm. how sort of complicated their... Um, their customs and their culture was very very fascinating mm. thing and then of course uh, with the Americans with, with Anglo-American white American expansion across to the west who were just um, pioneers and really wanted to um, develop the country to, to take up the whole continent you know from sea to shining sea and all the rest of it right. that's when they just obviously to, to, to understate it slightly butted head somewhat um, <laughs> over the over the prevailing sort of next 30 or 40 years. Very, very fascinating story. It's called Empire of the Summer Moon. Uh, I would v- very heartily recommend it. How was Canada made? Uh, I think that would have been... Wasn't that colonised by 
well, I guess by the... Scottish people. Well, <laughs> it's just I don't know why they drew the. Well, it's just such a weird kind of um, border to draw. I know what you mean. This is where, this is where, um, like, this is where America stops, and this is where Canada starts. This is where Mexico starts. This is where America stops. It's so arbitrary and strange. It well, really I, th- I think it, I think it it might be a case of I mean because it was definitely colonised oh, by like Scandinavians. Oh, it's a bit cold it up here, isn't it? By Scandinavians and like Scottish and Scottish and that kind of stuff. But it and might French presumably. But you know what? There is there is a, I'm not an expert in this at all. But there is definitely a situation regularly where. And it happened with the Comanches, actually. So when the Spanish came through into South America and essentially raped and pillaged their way through the whole of South America mm. in pretty quick fashion, but through to white man's disease, wiping out native indigenous mm. populations, um, in much more improved war techniques and all the rest of it. When they got up to Comancheria, they, I think they had a little couple of skirmishes. Little peak. And just went, fuck that. <laughs> and went straight back down south again, the same way the Romans did at Hadrian's Wall with the Scottish, right? Mm. So there is, there is an element to all this where I think at some point people just go... I mean, we are pioneers and we are colonisers and we do want to expand, but we're not getting anywhere near that Canada because that is, that is full of bears. It's freezing cold. cold. Yeah, so cold. there's probably an element of that involved. Yeah, massively, massively. Uh, got an email from someone in Singapore. Hello. Uh, long-time listener, first-time emailer, uh, anonymous. I'm keeping this anonymous because I don't have the name with me. We'll out him later. bloody reason. Uh, hi, Luke and Pete. Uh, I've sorry to tell from my uh, days of being in, army as a, in the army as a medic. I'm from Singapore. Here we have conscription. Uh, so lucky me, I was enlisted in the army and after basic training was posted to become a platoon medic in an infantry battalion which I tell you is a pretty shite vocation seeing as we have to lug, out, lug around a stretcher and an obscene amount of medical equipment while right. tracking through the jungle but my story relates to when my battalion was in our camp uh, or as I believe you would call them barracks um, we were running a physical activity a 5k run specifically I was appointed cover medic that day and gladly took up the responsibility because I'm a bit of a big guy and my knees were not made for running we were coming to the end of an event with no casualties uh, and I'm having a breezy shift uh, not having to attend to anyone just as I was packing up my equipment into the ambulance I hear shouts um, for the medic rushing over one of my company mates collapsed after the run assuming a heat injury because it's really hot in Singapore I run the according protocol strip him down ice packs at the eight points to keep his base temperature manageable I'd like to know what those eight points are please tell us hands yeah heart head testes calippo Calippo. <laughs> Have a clip. Yeah. I've not had a clip yet. Have a clip, yeah. um, <laughs> lo- Loading him onto the ambulance, he was still semi-conscious. Uh, but on the way to the medical facility within the camp, he started to go out for a, uh, go out a, a little bit. Uh, so doing what I'm thought as a medic, uh, basically uh, a conscious patient is always um, better than an unconscious one. Sure. I think on the Jackmate podcast, also radio, because kind of thing, we were talking about tubes from soccer. Yeah. And apparently when he had his heart attack, he's obviously a very, a very young man. Um, this guy was excru- this is an excruciating sort of uh, amateur stand-up comedian in the ambulance was just telling him jokes. I go, oh, fucking hell. And he was going, I wish this guy would shut the fuck up. But if he but, does, I'm going to go but out. If he, yeah. but, so they're just trying to keep you um, yeah. annoyed and yeah. awake. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> um, and uh, I lightly, so I lightly smacked his face a couple of times. Or I thought they were light smacks at least. And he kept conscious. Um uh, we arrived at the facility, we handed him on to the awaiting MOs and the medics there, and I carried on my medical cover until the activity was over. No more major casualties, just your usual cramps and rolled ankles. Sorry, Pete. Uh. All done and dusted at the end of the day, the MO called me into his office, me thinking it was because of my swift response to the potential heat injury case. Instead, he asked me, did the soldier, uh, when he collapsed, fall on his face? Um, me being perplexed, I said I wasn't sure, and it was a possibility. Long story short, in my attempts to keep him conscious, I went and smacked him hard enough till he had a bruised face. 
Instead of instead of being commended, I got a telling off from the officer for being too rough with the patients. All in all, my company mate was profusely thankful that I managed to get him out in time to prevent any major damage to himself. But I conveniently left out the part about how he got his bruise. He doesn't and, remember, and let, and let him believe he fell on his face. Well, that should remain anonymous, Peter, because that guy might be listening. Nah, let's give him a name. I found it. It's uh, Sadiq Rafid. Thank you, Sadiq Rafid. That was very, very good. good. Very um, good. I want to squeeze one more email in before we go because mm. we got a backlog. Daniel Darbish has been in touch, and this is about tall people. He says in episode one fifty, you talked about the height of the president and how Lincoln was the tallest one. I thought you might be interested to know how Americans truly vote for presidents. It actually relies a lot on evolutionary psychology and how the human mind is tricked. Although it may seem irrational in the modern context, we prefer taller leaders because of our ancestors who would select more formidable candidates to go into battle. Thus, they're more, li- thus they're more likely to provide for the weaker, in quotes. So when two candidates are stood together, we generally favour the taller one. Studies show that in all kinds of animals, the greater the size, the higher the rank. Analysis shows that since 1789, the tallest candidate has won the election 58% won the popular vote a massive 67% and the most notable exception is Barack Obama who's 6 feet 1 and his, opposite, his opposite candidate was Mitt Romney who was an inch taller keep up the good work Daniel Derbyshire all the short asses like me who are listening are going Luke we know this I'm president I've been on Tinder of this show I'm president <laughs> the people choose me 67% of the time Pete Donaldson rubbish we've all been on Tinder rubbish. yeah what is that with that Tinder thing I've continually hear that people men always have to put their height on it I don't know I, again I, I've not I've not really got involved but I do know a lot of people who have uh, who are also quite short and uh, they don't have a nice time <laughs> oh poor short people well but listen we we, uh, we love you and respect you all the same uh, hello Cons- at Luke consider, and Pete show consider um, oh, doing teaming, the email Peter consider teaming up and wearing a big jacket overcoat yeah day. To get into a cinema. Um, or as you'd call it in the US, a movie theatre. Mm. Uh, hello at lukeandpeacher.com to get in touch if you think you've got something to contribute. If you think you have, you almost certainly do have, so get mm. in touch. Don't don't be shy. Please leave us a review on iTunes. If you like the show, it helps other people to find us and we rely on your spreading of the good word. Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure. Spread we'll be, your good word. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, and I hope you all have a lovely weekend. Oh, nice. was a Radio Stakhanov production. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.